Good evening, world. This is the podcast Sassafras and your hostess, Laura Cattell. Welcome back to Infinite Possibilities from the Incomparable Mike Dooley, 10th Anniversary Edition. The rest of the book is as it was. Just had some extra inserts in the front, including a foreword by Bob Proctor. So, we've been going over Chapter 2, which touches on beliefs and how they end up um, basically running things in the background. Yesterday we didn't get very far because we had quite the conversation. We only got one little tiny subsection. The Forbidden Fruit. And we've gone over amply how we are in record mode from seven on down. Alright, from birth to age seven, we are in record. Everything we're watching, everything we do, everything we encounter, whether good or bad, gets imprinted onto our subconscious. So oftentimes, the beliefs that end up shaping our lives are those we've learned before we even realized whether or not, or could contemplate whether or not, they would benefit or not benefit us. We were just stuck on record. So what ends up happening is most of the beliefs that end up running our lives, our expectations, our perspectives, and once again that beautiful illustration Mr. Dooley had of everyone wears a slightly different tint sunglasses, and that's how, and that colors how we see the world. It doesn't change the world, just how we see it. And so everyone grows up with a different set of beliefs. Right? Wildly different sets of beliefs, because they're... Sorry. <clears throat> Had to sneeze. Where was I? Okay, beliefs. So, wild beliefs that we grew up with, um, we learned them from basically everything going on around us, but we weren't aware enough to decide whether or not those would benefit us. Yet. We're just stuck on record. Everything gets imprinted. And so as we get later on in years, we often find that the people who were born to, like, middle-class parents end up making middle-class wages. Same thing with people in poverty. Same thing with people who are rich. Okay? Those beliefs color how we see the world. It doesn't change the world, but just how we see it. Okay? But beliefs run those expectations in the background. How we expect to see the world. The good news is, because a belief is an internalized thought, you have the absolute ability to reprogram those beliefs once you're aware that you have them. You just have to find them and figure out what they are first. And we went over several different types and topics and... Um, how they can disrupt or impede your ability to manifest that which you want now at this stage in your life. So we left off at beliefs create reality. And that's what we're going to tackle today. We had a fantastic podcast yesterday. And again, I apologize for having skipped a day. Um, got done at midnight. So had to do it the next day. 
And before I go any farther, my shout out to the restaurant industry, all my guys and gals out there in Foodland. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you've done. Deep breath. Shoulders back. Neck straight. Head straight. Keep marching forward. Take a breath. Take a pause. Take a walk. Take a shower. Take a bath. But please don't quit. Please don't quit. Okay. So, beliefs create reality. A woman recently approached me after a talk I gave and told me she often wondered at the success of some of her friends, who are far less spiritual than she, some even greedy in her mind, and completely unaware of life's underlying principles, such as thoughts become things. I told her that we all know people like that. These people are gifts in our lives because they serve as irrefutable proof that there's no one sitting around judging us, deciding whether or not we're worthy to have the things we want. We are worthy. You are worthy. These people are proof that thoughts do become things, no matter who thinks them and no matter why they think them. And here's the best news about people like this. They prove to us that you do not first have to become some kind of perfect, wonderful, selfless saint to make progress, grow, and have your dreams come true. You just have to be able to dream and believe in those dreams. Excellent point. And I find this happening a lot of times. Um with, unfortunately, a very lot of people. And again, this is one of those internalized beliefs that we end up growing up with, right? We're trying to make mom and dad happy. We're trying to make the school happy. We're trying to make our peers happy. The end result of that being, a lot of times, we don't feel like we're worth that extra paycheck, that perfect relationship, that fancy car, that awesome house. We internalize feeling unworthy for whatever reason. And the reality is that we're not. We're more than worthy. We're absolutely worthy. You are worthy. I am worthy. All 8 billion people on the planet are worthy. I just wanted to point that out. And it's it's really an unfortunate side effect. We internalize these things, but we do. Because as we're growing up, we tend to rely on the external to direct how we think we're supposed to go through life. And it isn't until we get some life experience that we start to realize we start to need we need to look inward and fix the mess that's inside first and then the external seems to magically clean itself up it does sound backwards it sounds like or excuse me if you were to rely on your physical senses alone it appears that well, you need to get the job in order to get the car. You need to get, you know, you need to get 
buff and or slim down or sexy or whatever in order to get that guy or that girl. You end up thinking that you need to fix some sort of external thing in order to get the things that you want. And that's, ironically, backwards. You need to fix the internal and then the outside world clears itself up. Okay. So. You just have to be able to dream. And the most important bit. Believe. In those dreams. No matter what. Gets thrown at you. Because what happens? The universe will throw obstacles in your way to challenge you to grow, to see if that's something you really want, but also to learn necessary skills for you to get from point A to point B. And quite often, the thing that you're going through looks absolutely nothing like what you thought it was until you get to point B and you're looking back and you realize Oh, yeah, I needed to learn that, and that helped me learn that, and then I went to that, and that taught me that. Oh, I see now. Okay. Case in point, how Mr. Dooley went from tax accountant to international speaker. He sold his t-shirt business, and... Excuse me. Mm. He told his t-shirt business, and then he went to survival kits, and then he went to, um, then he went to e-cards, alright, and then he went to the rotary, and then he did this, he did a couple of things that were seemingly very unrelated, but they taught him things that he needed to, or gave him things like internet payment processing content for his first program um client acquisition and or his email list right all of these different things stacked on top of one another that were seemingly unrelated until he got to his point b the end result that he had originally wanted which was to become an internationally acclaimed um speaker Right? He was giving away his content for free at the Rotary, but it gave him the experience of getting on stage, getting over stage fright, clearing up some of the things that he needed to in order to become that internationally acclaimed speaker. Right? So, just because you're doing something, it doesn't mean that you're not learning what you need to. You gotta hold on to that end result. No matter what comes up. Right? Alright. So, your beliefs don't just filter your thoughts. They evoke and stimulate your imagination, too. The thoughts that either deliberately or unwittingly float through your head each day Paint portraits and create scenarios of experiences that await your arrival. For example, if you've come to believe that people are dishonest and that they'll steal when given the chance, 
then some of the thoughts you entertain will be affected by this belief. To see this, let's say you're planning a holiday during which your home will be left vacant. While your primary thoughts might be spent planning your travels, your underlying belief about people being dishonest might involuntarily produce mental visions of intruders stealing your belongings while you're away. Of course, this vision, like all the others you entertain, will jockey for its place in time and space. But notice that the belief came first. The belief preceded the mental visualizations of intruders. Or we call that worry. But, yes. In another situation, two people might witness a mugging on a crowded street corner. But when recalling the incident, one might see it as proof of innate human savagery, while the other might remember the many caring and concerned bystanders. Both people witnessed the same event, as we witnessed the events of our lives through the filters of our beliefs, and each drew conclusions from what they saw according to the beliefs they held about reality. Again, their underlying beliefs came first and initiated the thoughts and conclusions that followed. The conclusions then helped validate and reinforce their underlying beliefs. Right? This is where we get the self-fulfilling prophecy. Alright. This is also where you get, if you look for something hard enough, you're going to find it. If your underlying belief um, is expecting a certain thing to happen, then when it happens, you're going to perceive that happening through the lens of your belief. Case in point, what he just pointed out. Witness someone getting mugged. One person might focus in solely on the person doing the mugging, and someone else's belief will have them focusing on the care and concern the bystanders showed in the aftermath. Same event. Event doesn't change. Excuse me, got hiccups. Hmm. <clears throat> My apologies. Okay. This is a really great example of how those different sun different tints of sunglasses color how we see the world. The event didn't change. But how people view that event does. Okay. Up until now, you've thought that your beliefs have been defined by your reality. But instead, your reality has been defined by your beliefs. Until now, you've given away much of your power to change undesirable circumstances because you've come to think it's you against the world, instead of realizing that you are your world. Your world simply mirrors your thoughts, your beliefs, and your expectations, like an echo in a canyon. What's almost scary is that you can get locked into this syndrome because such beliefs prevent you from imagining beyond their borders. If the Wright brothers hadn't believed human flight was possible, for example, they wouldn't and couldn't have spent one minute 
imagining air travel. Without the belief first, neither the dream nor their plane could have taken off. Your beliefs permit or deny your dreams. Okay. And this is something I'll go round and round with really religious people. Is they will always extol the virtues of whatever religion that they're in. But because of the tenets, because of their beliefs, they don't ever think outside them. Or think that anything outside them is possible. Usually because those beliefs become come part and parcel with a, if you don't obey these rules, you will go, you know, in a very unpleasant, punishable place. Right? They can't see how linear their thinking is. And they are more, more often than not unwilling to change those beliefs or question them. Right? But he makes a valid point. And it's a point I've tried making lots of times with people um, in those rigid beliefs. Is if you can't imagine outside the box, you can't imagine other things happening. Right? It's such a healthy thing to keep an open mind. Doesn't necessarily mean, need, mean that you need to follow this, that, or the other thing. But to be able to entertain a thought without acting on it is a sign of maturity. It is a sign of a healthy mind. Alright. So, beliefs can be a great thing. But they can also derail you. Very, very badly. Alright. And again, going back to... You don't know what you don't know. If you don't... If you don't bother going and looking for things to expand your own base of knowledge... You don't necessarily know that those things would exist. You don't know, necessarily know what's possible or what could be possible. You need things that inspire you to think bigger thoughts. Alright, so your beliefs permit or deny your dreams. So make sure that the beliefs that you have are ones that are serving you. Alright. So, seeing the invisible. Okay, so now you're wondering what your beliefs are and which of them might be limiting. You're also wondering... Oops, two pages. How you can find them if they're really invisible. Well, fear not. Because no matter how invisible they may be, their results never are. Much has been said about writing down your beliefs, but this has never really worked for me. I think hunting for beliefs with a pad and paper is like watching the pot that never boils. Plus, I feel I could spend my whole life looking for suspect problem beliefs, some of which I'm not even sure I have. And you know what happens when you start looking for problems? You either find them and thereby reinforce them with new pictures in your mind, or 
if they hadn't existed in the first place, you start creating them out of thin air so that you can find them. So instead of trying to write down all my beliefs, which of course may work just fine for you, I do one of two things. I either observe and dismantle, or I charge ahead with my dreams in an effort to bulldoze and liquefy any interfering, limiting beliefs. And I am so glad he pointed that out. Alright. I've... I've said this before, other teachers have said this before, alright, your mind is so powerful, if you're expecting to see them, and you can't find them, you will literally create it where none existed before. Alright. When focused into the negative, that starts creating paranoia, and you start seeing shadows where none exist. Did that person look at me wrong? Was there a, a nasty tone to that retail clerk when she handed me my things? Were the people in line staring at me? This is why it's very, very important to be aware of and monitor routinely the thoughts you're having and to have enough confidence and critical thinking skills to be like mm, no I'm just imagining it no that's that's not where I'm going no that person was just being fine alright because if you look for something hard enough you will literally create it out of thin air It saddens me that there are so many that don't understand that very important point. So, observe and dismantle. Using the observe and dismantle approach, I simply do a bit of spying and detective work on myself. I don't do this blatantly, through sessions, or even very consciously. Instead, as I go about my normal daily affairs, I pay close attention to all the things I think, say, and do, because these three things reflect what's going on in my mind. If there are limits there, they'll appear in my thoughts, words, and actions. To give you some examples, have you ever heard yourself say to someone with a tad bit of envy, It must be nice. You're admitting even if you're just joking, that you can't even imagine what it's like having or doing whatever it is. And you're implying that you likely won't ever know. Catch yourself the next time you say this and ask yourself why you believe this object or experience is out of your reach. If you follow your rationale as far as you can into your thoughts, Chances are pretty good that you'll bump into your beliefs about it. Have you ever heard yourself groan when a cashier or a technician adds up a particularly large bill for you? Where's your thinking then in there? Obviously it's expressing a belief that money is tight or hard to come by, 
and that the prospect of things changing in this regard in the near future is slim to none. And of course, such beliefs, even when they're accurate reflections of your present circumstances, will only perpetuate those very circumstances. To spark change, it must come from within. It must exist in thought, in spite of the circumstances that presently surround us. Alright. So we went over this back when we went over the secret to a different, slightly different tune. Alright. What do you do when you get a bill in? Oh god, money going out. Right? Or, oh god, my, my money's shrinking in my bank account because I have to go buy food or pay gas or whatever. What does that conjure up? Your bank account shrinking. What does being scared of paying that money out do? Reinforces the belief that you don't have enough. Alright, we went over quite a few uh, really helpful exercises. And we went over some of those exercises again in uh, The Magic, the 28 Days of the Magic, her little... Um, excuse me. Her little um, 28 day challenge of gratitude. One of them is you hold the bill in your hand and you exude gratitude for the ability to pay that bill. Right? Same thing when you go to the grocery store or anywhere else before you pay it and or after you get done paying for it and you're in the car. Hold the receipt in your hand. And be grateful for it. More money is not going to show up in your life if you're not grateful for that which you have. However little that may be. And you will start to notice that your funds increase. You will also start to notice that your anxiety around having funds will decrease. So, very, very important point, But because even though there may be accurate, ref accurate reflections of your present circumstances, when you groan about it, when you're scared about it, when you're afraid, you're only perpetuating the circumstances that are causing you to be afraid. Alright. You have to change that internal dialogue. So when you're afraid of something, just remind yourself, nope. I've got plenty of money. I've got plenty of money. Thank you. I've got enough money to pay this. This is awesome. Thank you so much. However it is you want to say it to yourself. Okay? It really does work. But, you know what? Case in point, very next paragraph. His own exercise. You can do it this way too. So here's something I've been doing for years whenever I get an unexpected bill. I say to the person who delivered it, Phew! Good thing I'm rich! It usually makes that person laugh. It makes me laugh. It takes my mind off any limits. And it's a great affirmation because it's not something I used to believe at every level of my being. By saying it again and again, however, it's undoubtedly been one of, my, one of the many factors contributing to the financial freedom I now enjoy. That's an excellent one. Right? So when you go to the grocery store, when you go to 
Uh, when you pay one of your bills. Whew! Good thing I'm rich. Good thing I'm rich. Repeating that as an affirmation, and your mind starts to expect more money. Right? Because paying a $100 bill is easy. Paying a $500 bill, that's easy. Yeah, I've got the money to spend for shell out $100 for this. That's chump change. Good thing I'm rich. Watch the dialogue that you're having with yourself. Have you ever noticed yourself driving more slowly to save gas? Price shopping at the grocery store or adjusting the thermostat in your home to save money? We've all done these things at times, myself included. But all these actions typically reflect underlying beliefs in limitation, scarcity, and your inability to have and do all you want to have and do. I'm not saying you shouldn't be frugal at times. But I am saying that by observing such behaviors, you can learn that you have some beliefs about your reality that do not reflect the truth. You might not say it's, excuse me, you might say it's not a belief, that your resources really are limited, and I'd agree. But why are your resources limited when your whole life is proof that you live in a world where your thoughts become things? Why are you having trouble focusing on wealth and abundance? Or conversely, why are you focusing on lack and limits? Of course, the answers to these questions may seem elusive or tortuously out of your reach, but for now, just observing the contradictions is what's important. Put yourself in a place of responsibility. Accepting responsibility is what will give you back your power. And we'll talk in Chapter 4, Life is Waiting for You, about how to counter such behaviors without having to go too far from your comfort zones. Have you ever wanted something, but then caught yourself telling your friends something contradictory? Maybe you really long for a deep and meaningful relationship, but then you hear yourself say something to the effect that relationships never last, or that they're unnatural. Or maybe you're trying to lose weight and you're determined to do it. But you hear yourself tell a friend that it makes no difference what you eat. You still can't lose weight. These are more examples of you expressing your so-called invisible beliefs. As I said before, beliefs are no more than opinions about reality. So whenever you catch yourself expressing an opinion... In thought, word, or deed, realize that you've just nailed a belief that's busy building your life around you. So, excellent points and good examples. I'm going to go recap those real quick. Okay. I want to go back. Okay, so, right? Driving slowly to save gas, price shopping at the grocery store, adjusting the thermostat. In all of those instances, catch yourself and allow yourself go a little faster. Go ahead and hike that temperature up a little bit more. Right? Buy the food at the grocery store because it's food you want. 
You don't have to go crazy. But buy the food you want without looking at the price. Alright, and when you do get there... Phew! Thank God I'm rich. You don't have to say it out loud. Say it internally. Grin. Beam with pride. Oh, I'm so glad I'm rich. Oh, this is so awesome I'm rich. Okay. Goals become affirmations. Where to go? Right, so, all right. But again, things that are contradictory. Now we went over this earlier. Maybe you long for a deep and meaningful relationship, but then you say something to the effect that relationships never last, or people can't be trusted, or friends only stab you in the back. Or people are mean. All of those are contradictory statements to what you really want, which is a deep and meaningful relationship. If you don't trust people, you're not going to even walk up and say hi. Are you? Similarly with if you want to lose weight. You really determined to do it, but then you comes out your mouth. Doesn't matter what I eat, I can't... Excuse me. Doesn't matter what I eat, I still can't lose weight. Excuse me. That is a contradictory statement. And it's one that happens all the time. Alright, you gotta change that dialogue. Change that dialogue. Alright. Because whether or not it seems like a belief or an opinion, when the reality is that thoughts become things, that's a thought creating the reality that you're experiencing. You're creating the reality of, it doesn't matter what I eat, I still can't lose weight. Similarly, doesn't matter how much I work out, I still can't lose weight. Or, no, no matter what I try, I still can't lose weight, even though you still keep trying. Okay? That's an affirmation creating a reality that you don't want. Alright. So. Bulldoze and liquefy. As silly as the name is, the bulldoze and liquefy approach works for me. Very simply, I allow myself to become so empowered by my desires and goals that I can automatically and effortlessly bulldoze and liquefy any limiting beliefs that might be in my way. How? By reasoning and rationalizing all the reasons why I should have and deserve whatever it is that I want, and then acting the part. Sometimes I'll even put pen to paper and jot down bullet points of all the reasons why my goal is achievable and inevitable. Not just achievable, inevitable. Language is a many-splendored thing. There are some really fantastic words out there, like inevitable, that can really amp up your internal dialogue. 
So rather than first observing and dismantling, I physically charge ahead toward whatever it is I want. Loaded to the teeth! With an understanding about what I'm doing, my place in life, and my heritage as an unlimited eternal creator. These ideals, if held with conviction and reinforced with action, will see me through any attacks they might encounter from limiting beliefs, invisible or otherwise. And along these lines, I often also think and dwell on the magic of life, the miracles of life, and the grace of my being. By dwelling on all this perfection, it becomes harder and harder to see myself as limited in any way. So basically, what he is suggesting is that when he gets an end result in his head, anything that comes up in his way, he says, nope. Nope, nope, you're not stopping me. And he just keeps going forward. So, in either approach, what makes this work is that I am ultimately disposing of the old beliefs with a higher understanding about myself, my life, and my reality. And one way to arrive at this understanding is by following your thinking and uncovering the rationale for the limiting beliefs you used to live by. If you think money is hard to acquire... Ask yourself why, 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 and compare your answers to the truths of being to see how they shrivel up. A higher understanding always has to be there to dissolve old beliefs. And in the light of understanding, limiting beliefs have to disappear, just as the dark disappears when the sun rises. It's not even necessary in the end, to know what your limiting beliefs are, as long as you begin to understand and live by greater truths that surround and support you, particularly in the areas of your life you'd like to see change. Attaining this understanding doesn't have to be a long or drawn-out process. The truths of being I've enumerated are so simple. Grasp them. Live them. With illumination comes instant peace and lightning-fast change. So I know I went a little farther than I usually do because we've gotten almost to 40 minutes, but I wanted to do bolos and liquefy on the back end of observe and dismantle. So I'm just going to point out, it might take you a little while to get to the bulldoze and liquefy stage if you're just starting out with this and you're still trying to figure out where you're at, what you're doing, what you're trying to manifest, and what your internal dialogue is. I would highly encourage you to try the observe and dismantle before the bulldoze and liquefy. Bulldoze and liquefy, um, I'm going to say, requires... A certain level of personal confidence and an absolute um, acceptance of 100% responsibility. Alright. So, observe and dismantle. And that's a really good exercise to do. And um, Ken Honda out of Japan... Um, he says, say arigato to your money, thank you to your money, or thank you for, you know, the money to have to do these things. Um, 
But that's a fantastic affirmation. Phew! Good thing I'm rich. You can play around with um, that juxtaposition. When you go and adjust the thermostat, leave it alone and smile as you and have a sigh of relief. <sighs> I don't need to adjust it anymore. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I don't need to adjust the thermostat anymore. I'm rich. When you're driving down the freeway, if you're one of those people that drives slow to save on gas. Nope. Nope. I've got plenty of money. I've got plenty of money. Don't need to do that anymore. I can enjoy myself. I don't need to worry about the speed other than, you know, speed limit signs. Alright, when you get an unexpected bill. Oh, this is awesome. I don't need to worry about whether or not this is going to affect me negatively. Even if the physical reality doesn't match those statements. Okay? You start doing that often enough and reality will catch up. Alright, so tomorrow we will come back at no dues to pay. Right. Mm. Awesome. Alright, so go ahead and get in a little stretch and do a little wiggle and we will get our two minute brain break. Before we sign off for the night. Alrighty, go ahead and close your eyes, and let's take a nice, slow, deep breath in. Let's take another beautiful, luxurious breath in. And in your mind's eye, I wonder if you can visualize that it's raining. Down, down, with the softest pitter-patter. Open your eyes and your mind. 
And instead of raindrops, it's money falling down from the sky. Raining down on your head. Raining down all around you. In every denomination, just falling from the sky. feel relief. Relief like you've never felt before as you scoop all the money up and toss it in the air. All your worries about money gone. And you grin from ear to ear because you finally have more than enough. Stay here for as long as you like. And when you're ready, open your eyes. My apologies for the interruptions. Some things I can't control, obviously. Um, <laughs> since my office is not available anymore. I'm kind of at the mercy of whatever sounds are happening around me. Which is why I usually just concentrate on being in the moment. So, again, my apologies. Sometimes uh, speedsters like to use the uh, space just down the street as a drag strip when there aren't that many cars on the road anymore. It's real fun when they do that at 2 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> Alright, I will see you guys tomorrow. But we will come back with... No dues to pay. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I, I truly do appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. This is the Podcast Sassafras. Good night.